That, that's one of the key differences. If you are doing that type of work, you have to think about every time, just like a lawyer who bills by the hour, every time you pick up the phone, you got to bill for that. Welcome to Biz Build Podcast, presented to you by the good folks here at Diamondback Tool Company. I'm the host of the show, Damani, head of sales and media for Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow me at Diamondback underscore Damani, that's D-A-M-A-N-I on Instagram. I'm here, as I will be on every episode, with Connor Crook, CEO of Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow him on Instagram at diamondback.toolbelts. The purpose of BizBuild is to provide listeners an inside track on what it takes to build a business. It is our hope that you can learn from our successes and pitfalls and siphon knowledge from our various expertise so that you can get an edge in the business of building something great. Welcome to the BizBuild Podcast. Make sure that you follow us on Spotify, Apple iTunes Podcast, or Podbean. Make sure to give us a rating. Five-star ratings are what we like. And why five-star? Because we're great, and you know it. Back again today here with CEO of Diamondback Tool Belts, President, El Presidente, Connor Crook. Presidents are old, man. Presidents are old. They can be. Um, We're here to talk about scalability in businesses. And what does that mean? how to get larger, how to maximize what you do as you grow. And there's a lot of different uh, avenues that you can go down when thinking about how to grow the size of your business. Something that we've been doing over here at Diamondback Tool Belts, growing at a very, very fast rate. Um, So just to begin the conversation, I want to talk to Connor a little bit about a couple of terms that we hear a lot in business. Custom, customizable, and production. What are the difference between those? And then let's break down what are the advantages and disadvantages of going each way. Right. So normally in a consumer product, um, like a tool belt, for instance, or in other things that may not be normally considered uh, as uh, consumer goods when we're talking about uh, services or, or something that's sort of in between like a construction project, which is partially a good, partially a service. We have to think about where we fit on this level of customization. For instance, in, our, in the world that we live in now, the, the tool belt world, a custom tool belt is one that is designed to your specific specifications. No matter how random and strange they may be, it's built exactly like you want it. A production product would be something that you might pick up on the shelves of a home store. You go in, you pick up the, you got you know, one or two selections there and you pick, pick one of those. Uh, that product is going to be probably lower in cost for a number of reasons that we'll address later. And then there's sort of the semi-custom or customizable product in the middle that shares some of the scale of a production product, but also offers you more selection like a custom product, but it tries to find a happy medium in between. Well, as a producer of a product yourself, what what should you prefer working with? 
Well, what we've decided at Diamondback uh, to do is, is to try to hit the middle ground of a semi-custom or customizable product. What that allows us to do is when we look at our production product, as I mentioned before, it's going to be lower in cost. It's lower in cost oftentimes due to the overall quality of the product, uh, but also just because it's something that's very repetitive so that if I only make one or two things by scaling with manufacturers, I can just say, hey, make these one or two things, make them all day long. You can do it very quickly. It makes our production go more quickly. It makes our ability to buy from suppliers uh, better because we can get more leverage. We're only buying a few components, therefore we're buying more of them, therefore we can drive down the price of the component. And, and ultimately you're hoping that as a person is making something for you, they're getting better and faster at it as they go along. Exactly. And so the idea is much like the, the old Henry Ford story of you can get any car you want as long as it's black. I've got one product, I make it all day long, and I should be able to do that very economically and then pass that along to the, to the customer. What we find in, in a consumer good industry is in, with that product, you're probably going to be able to create very large margins for yourself because oftentimes you're going to manufacture that overseas where the labor costs are much lower. You're using probably some inferior products uh, components within that product. So you get a very large product mar profit margin and you can sell lots and lots and lots of them. And the best part is because it's usually an inferior product, you can sell the same product to the same guy five times because it keeps breaking. And that is definitely a model that is used by large corporations to create a tremendous amount of uh, revenue and, and profit. I feel like the downsides of that, though, is that you're constantly trying to fit a square peg in a round hole because not all consumers are the same, but you're trying to push those consumers to the same product. Well, that's true. Uh, you're, you're not offering a lot of selection. You know, on, on the far end of the scale, you look at the custom product uh, that's going to take a lot of time and effort to design for the individual customer, and there's not that many customers who have either the resources to pay for a product like that, the time to wait for a product like that, or the time to invest in working with the manufacturer to design a product. If I want a custom product, I can't just say, hey, Damani, I want it just like this. There's gonna be an iterative process going back and forth between me and you trying to find that right solution, which mm -hmm. takes your time uh, as the customer as well as my time as the producer. And so you have to be ready to invest in a product like that as the consumer as well as the producer. So again, at Diamondback, our goal is to use the best possible components, the best possible labor to create the best possible product in terms of value and quality, but to do that in a way that we can still get some of those economies of scale by as we have grown, we now have a half a dozen manufacturers, and I can tell manufacturer A, I need you to make Eagle and Talon pouches. Manufacturer B, I need you to make belts. And each one of them can have their own uh, um, specialty, almost? their own specialty yeah. and their own competencies with, with those particular products. So again, they get better at them. Uh, they can then turn around and buy component pieces that are going into the products in, in reasonable quantities from even suppliers even further down the chain so that they're getting economies of scale 
uh, that's going to help them produce the product um, less expensively. We try to capture some of that as well, so then we can reinvest those funds into the growth of the company. Um, it does mean that we can't fit everybody's particular needs, but what we've tried to do as we've grown Diamondback is if we used to have product A, B, C, and D that were all sort of overlapping, maybe we can make product A and D and then some sort of add-on aftermarket that right. fills the gaps of B and C. If you want this piece, you can buy it separately and, and put it on there. Exactly. So mm -hmm. that people can customize it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come to you custom-made, but you can customize the system with all of the components that we offer. And we try to do that in a, in a way that gives everybody uh, from our production system a, a scalability and from your purchasing side an affordability. You brought up color, which I always uh, color items, because to me that's really interesting. As you're scaling, um, one of the things that you're trying to do is purchase uh, materials at a larger bulk so that you can get them cheaper, right? And if you're offering all these different color options and you're trying to purchase all these different colors at, in bulk, but you're not selling all those colors in bulk, then you're stuck holding the bag for the cost of all this material that you're not using. And, I th and that was a decision we made early on um, or actually you made, because I was pushing to keep colors and, <laughs> at Diamondback, but just for the life and the longevity of the company and the ability to be more efficient was, hey, some of these are going to have to hit the chopping block, dude, if we want to be able to continue to make this product at the rate that we're making it and fulfill these customers. Well, you only bring up one component of the equation. You're talking about being able to buy let's say, red cloth at the same price that we can buy green cloth because we're using so much more of the green. Okay. That's the purchase price of the product. Mm -hmm. Well, what about the cost of having that red cloth that I've purchased now? That's my money. Mm -hmm. It's not in my bank account so that I can buy marketing. I can buy other components. I can invest it in different ways to get a return. My money is now wrapped up in a piece of red cloth over in the corner. Right. So that's what's called an inventory cost. I now have an inventory cost. I have this this money, this cash is no longer liquid. It's sitting over there wrapped up in a in a bit of cloth. And you're just hoping that enough people want a red pouch. <laughs> <laughs> also, let's talk about another piece of the inventory cost is we have a warehouse. It's not very big. Mm -hmm. If I have red cloth sitting over in the corner, that's taking away from space that I could use to put something else, whether it be another product or a machine or whatever it is. So part of my rent now is being tied up in that red cloth. Right, right. Moreover, um, I have limited capacity. Okay, so for every, so if I have my manufacturer make 100 red bags, that's 100 green bags they didn't make. Mm -hmm. And if... 80 or 90% of my customers want either green or black. Right. And I'm taking You're away. You're not going to take up the time to make the red That's bags. my lost time. And yeah. so now I have a reputational cost because the guy who wanted the green bag is now waiting mm -hmm. and getting aggravated with me because I can't get him a green bag because, sorry, dude. You're tuned in to the Biz Build Podcast. I'm Damani. And I'm Connor Crook. Sorry, dude, I was making red ones for the two or three guys that wanted red. Yeah. So now it's not just the purchase price of the cloth. There are all of these other costs that come up when you try to 
break that line between customizable and custom. Now, that's not to say that you can't make money in a custom product, but it's a different process. And, then, and, and just to make it fully clear, if someone calls up and says, hey, I'd even pay extra if you made me a set of red bags, even in that scenario, you have to say, you don't even understand what that means, dude, because I'm buying a roll of a thousand yards of cloth. That's what my, my my suppliers, you can't pay me to buy a thousand yards, even though you only want 15 or 10 or however many, five yards. It, exactly. It, it's, there's the logistics of if I just wanted to make one, I've got, I can't just buy I mean, I can buy one yard of red cloth, but it's yeah. going to cost me four times, five times <laughs> right. what I would normally pay because I'm buying in bulk. Either way, it's not worthwhile for the customer. And that goes back to what it means to be custom. You know, if you want to be a custom home builder, mm-hmm. great. You can make tremendous money being a custom home builder. But you have to understand it's not just the time you spend on the job that you have to bill for. Mm-hmm. If you are dealing with the type of people who have the resources to build custom homes, they want your attention. They want your attention. They want when when they call, they expect you to pick up the phone. They don't care when it is. When they want something changed, they want it changed right then and right there. They don't want to argue over the increased cost and the change order and et cetera, et cetera. I used to have a, a, a customer, a client when I was practicing law. They were a custom home builder. And um, we were actually they were my expert witness in another case. Um, and the case really involved a, a, a home builder who was not a custom home builder who was trying to build a custom home, and he ran into some engineering issues because he hadn't gone through the proper channels of figuring it all out. But that's a whole other story <laughs> of knowing what you can do. That's a whole other story <laughs> of knowing what you can do and ending up with floors, with cantilevered floors that aren't, uh, marbles rolling downhill on them after you screw things up. But my expert witness, who's this very well-respected custom home builder, you know, I was working with the owner one day, and he said the customer is always right. I said, well, you know, what do you mean? He said the customer is always right. If they want it changed, we change it. We don't give them change orders. We don't increase the cost. We don't do anything. I said, how do you do that? He says it's already in there. The type of people that we work for, we expect them to change stuff three, four, five, six times. Uh, We've already put it in the price. Wow. It's like the tip is included. The tip is included. (laughs) The aggravation is included. The annoyance, the phone calls at whatever time. I had another, I was at a a, uh, continuing legal education seminar. You have to do these things when you're a lawyer. You have to go and take classes to make sure you're remaining ethical and whatever. Mm -hmm. And I... I remember seeing this lawyer. He was a divorce lawyer. He said, I give every one of my clients my cell phone number. Hmm. I say, my normal hourly rate is $200. Call me anytime. Right. Weekends and nights, my hourly rate is $500. Call me anytime. Wow. Never gotten a call. Wow. You set the expectation from the beginning. Hmm. If you want me to be a custom lawyer, a custom home builder, a custom whatever it is, that's fine. Right. But this is the cost of that. Mm-hmm. And if you set that forward at the outset, then everyone knows what's happening from the beginning. That's right. And there's no, oh, you didn't say that at the beginning. Why did you add that cost in at the end? Oh, yeah, I did. I like that. <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, let, let's talk, since we're talking about custom, um, 
how many people do you think actually are taking to the taking into account uh, the amount of time they spend interacting with a customer when they're pricing their custom item that they're making, their custom home, their custom, I don't know, tool belt, whatever. Of the ones who are making a profit and being successful, <laughs> all of them. All of them, right. Of the ones who are beating their heads up against the wall thinking, I'm working so hard and I'm not making any money and I'm chasing my tail and I can't take a vacation, I can't take a break, uh-huh. none of them. Yeah. That, that's one of the key differences. If you are doing that type of work, you have to think about every time, just like a lawyer who bills by the hour, every time you pick up the phone, you got to bill for that. Yeah. Now, if, if you're in a construction situation and, you know, you can try to do a cost plus type of deal or materials and t- time and materials contracts, those are very difficult to convince your customer to do. Mm-hmm. But if you can do a, a design build time and materials type of contract that builds in that, you know, this is how it's going to work. It's going to be a lot of back and forth. Great. If you don't have the customer who will do that, then you just have to, like my like the, my customer's always right guy said, you know, we're not time of charging them time and materials, but we know mm-hmm. our customer. Yeah. If my customer wants a $5 million home, I know they're going to call me. Yeah. They're going to call me on Saturday afternoon. They're going to call me at random times. They're going to want, they're going to see the tile in the bathroom and then say, nope, tear it out. Want something different. Yeah. If you know that's your customer. Well, when you got money like that, you got to get what you want. Exactly. And, but as the person who is supplying that individual, you need to understand, I, I don't want to get an argument about money with this guy. Mm-hmm. This guy's he's got plenty of money, but I don't want to get an argument about it. So I'm just going to tell him up front, look, man, here's the cost. Yeah, I'll do whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. Which kind of ties into at the far end of the spectrum. Does he give rebates at the end? Is it like is it like rollover minutes? Like if I'm if I'm a five million dollar customer and I'm really easy to get along with, can I get like a million back? Then when you call me <laughs> next, then when you call me after the project's done and say, you know, I really wish I had done X, then I might say, you know. We really finished that project before a little faster than, than I thought we would. I tell you what, I'll take care of that for you. Right. I'll take okay. care of that for cost or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Because yeah. you want to keep that customer. Yeah, yeah. Tune into the next episode of the Biz Build Podcast for part two of this conversation. You won't want to miss it. You've just been listening to the Biz Build Podcast. I'm your host, Damani. Follow me on Instagram at Diamondback underscore Damani. That's D-A-M-A-N-I. Or follow Connor on Instagram at Diamondback.toolbelts. You can also find more about Diamondback by visiting our YouTube page or Facebook page. Hope you enjoyed what you heard here today, and we look forward to you joining us again on our next episodes. Take care. Don't forget to like and subscribe.